0: Education, something in policy. I don't know. Education, <laughs> is it educational to, leadership. In it's policy? educational leadership is. and public policy because it's a EPPL. Mm-hmm. Wow. Educational. Would that be educational, public policy, and leadership? I think it's it's a EPPL, educational public policy and leadership,
1: with a concentration in special education administration. Education. Public policy, yeah, and leadership. <laughs> With, and leadership,
0: uh huh. <laughs> With With concentration is special education administration.
1: In special education administration,
0: <laughs> administration. uh huh. Mm-hmm. That's, That's, oh, that That's what it is. My goodness, is that yeah. it? I'm done. I'm, I, I, listen, I, you, I'm sitting beside I know. you. you remember, I don't know why you're laughing. I know. They say I black know. women are the most educated. They're the most educated racial group in America. Yeah, And then you, we, we just proved that. Right. I'm just right. saying we just <laughs> yeah. we just proved that point right there. They most they, they likely see. to vote too. They're the most yeah. likely to vote. Right. They're yeah. the most educated. Right. And I, and so, we, so you see the, the steps. You see this. We're the telling steps, y'all yeah. how to do we're this, right like this. So right. we can be standing here. Then our expectation yeah. is that you all do. You all stand in the same space. Mm -hmm. I'm ready.
1: (laughs) Uh, Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Abstract, the podcast of the Metropolitan Educational Research Consortium in the School of Education at Virginia Commonwealth University, where we explore issues and ideas in public PK-12 education. My name is David Knaff. I'm the Assistant Director of Research and Evaluation for Merck and your host for this episode Uh, Today, we're continuing our Profiles in Educational Equity series, where we feature an initiative from each of the Merck School Divisions to promote equity for students and educators in Metropolitan Richmond. Uh, We're excited to have Monica Manns, Robin Clark, Veja Murray, and Sophia Simmons with us from Henrico County Public Schools today. Uh, They're here today to talk about their Equity Ambassadors Initiative and how it fits into the broader picture of diversity and equity in Henrico. Let me introduce everyone to you now. So first we have Monica Manns. Uh, Monica is the Director of Equity and Diversity for Henrico County Public Schools, a role she has served in since the end of 2017. Prior to coming to Henrico, she was the vice president of the Virginia Home for Boys and Girls, leading private day schools, serving K-12 students with social, emotional, and behavioral issues across the Commonwealth. Prior to coming to Henrico, she was the vice president of Virginia Home for Boys and Girls, leading private day schools, serving K-12 students with social, emotional, and behavioral issues across the Commonwealth, and providing professional development to localities in support of that work. She has a BA in middle grade education and a minor in ethnic and gender studies from Berea College. A Master's in Rehab Counseling from the University of Kentucky, um, a Master's in Education with a concentration in Special Education from Virginia Tech, a Certificate of Supervision and Administration from Virginia Commonwealth University, and an EDD in Education Public Policy and Leadership with a concentration in Special Education Administration from William and Mary. Monica, welcome.
0: Thank
1: you. Glad to have you here. Uh, Robin Clark is a business teacher, ACA accounting instructor, equity ambassador advisor, and student government advisor at Highland Springs High School. Uh, she has worked in education for 13 years, 12 of them in Henrico. She received a BS in accounting from Hampton University, a master's in business education from Virginia State University, and an EDD in educational leadership from Liberty University. Robin, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Beja Murray, is a rising senior at Highland Springs High School. She is an equity ambassador for her school, is a member of the DECA Marketing Club, uh, SODA, Student Organization Developing Attitudes, which is a club that does middle school outreach in the community. Um, She's co-captain of the Color Guard and serves as the Student Government Association President. She is also um, in the Advanced College Academy and will graduate with a high school diploma and an associate's degree. Veja, so glad you're here. Thank you. And then we have Sophia Simmons. Sophia is a recent graduate of Henrico High School, so class of 2019, congratulations. She was a member of the DECA Marketing Club, was the president of the Distinguished Ladies and Gentlemen Club for Henrico, the treasurer for Girl Expressions, the vice president of the Indian Gospel Choir, and was the executive member of Equity Ambassadors for Henrico High School. Um, She graduated with an advanced diploma and will be a member of the incoming freshman class at Virginia Commonwealth University, go Rams, uh, (laughs) where she will major in Forensic Science. Sophia, welcome.
2: Thank you for having me. And
1: welcome to VCU. We're excited to have you here. Um, Let's get right into understanding more about the division. So Monica, tell us more about Henrico. What do we need to know about the students and educators in your division?
0: So I would say one of the first things that we want to talk about when I think about Henrico is how diverse we are. So the breakdown of our diversity is probably equally for African American students and um, uh, Caucasian students, approximately the same, uh, and and that would be pro- about 36 percent to 38 percent. The other groups that we are represented strongly are Hispanic students. We have about 10 percent. Um, we have 11 percent Asian students, and I, I hate the term other, but the groups, that, <laughs> but there are other groups um, about 5 percent. Uh, and when I say that, I want to make sure that people are aware that uh, our Asian and American students are actually our lar- our fastest growing group mm-hmm. um, in our county. And so, uh, but what sometimes people do forget is the large number of SES, low SES that we have. And so in Henrico County, we have approximately 47% of our students have been identified as economically disadvantaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and they primarily, um, because of the way we have Chosen to zone housing, mm-hmm. um, most of those individuals are primarily located on the east end, mm-hmm. uh, and so and that then creates an issue of segregation, which is a huge concern that we have in our district, mm-hmm. um, because we have we then have um, m- much of our low SES on in, um, put into solely into one half of our district, mm-hmm. uh, and then we have a large ESL population or EOL population about ten percent, and we have a large uh, special education students who have identified as special needs, and they're about 11%.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for some of those demographic shifts that you're talking about, mm-hmm. we actually have maps on our website that help illustrate those over the last 10 years, in case anybody's interested, and it seems like the, your position in the division is largely based on this understanding that we have uh, a very diverse student population, so mm-hmm. could you talk a little bit about what your position is in Henrico, um, what, what's your role, and what are your initiatives that you're trying to run? So this year for me has been
0: about the systems work um, because I think sometimes we forget that sy- these systems are only going to perpetuate the long-term problems. So mm-hmm. so w- what we did to begin to figure out the systems is I did a listen and learn session, identify really what the community wanted me to focus on, and that's what I focused my intentions on. Mm-hmm. And so right now I've been working on with uh, our new director, of, excuse me, assistant superintendent of instruction to really look at our curriculum and our pacing guides to say, how do we ensure that all the diverse groups that I named to you all show up in in, in the curriculum Mm -hmm. as appropriate? Um, And that has a lot of training to do, right? Because what we perceive as culturally responsive may not meet the needs of the individuals that we hope to meet. Right. Right. It's great to say that I have a, a, you know, I think some people believe culturally responsive. If I put diverse books in front of kids, then I've done all that I need to do and I can wash my hands of it. But it's so much deeper than that. Um, And so really trying to educate and uh, the specialist so that the new pacing guides are better representative. So that's when we talk about that systems work. Like it doesn't, it's not trickling down to students. They may not see it right Mm -hmm. now, but over time, it's going to have a larger impact. Uh, And so it was really exciting when we talk about the equity ambassadors. That was one of the things that I could actually touch Mm -hmm. because a lot of the time, I spend a lot of meetings trying to move systems, right? And that's not the exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. That's not the stuff that gives me smiles. It doesn't warm my heart. Like I know the vision. So this work here, the equity ambassadors work was probably... My favorite, I definitely know it was Dr. Cashwell's favorite thing for me to talk about <laughs> when I went and had my one-on-ones with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she always wanted to, because it was the touching of the equity work. Right. Whereas uh, a lot of the work that I've been doing this particular year has been around how do we begin to change systems.
1: Right. And I know we were really excited to learn about the Equity Ambassadors Program. So could you give us an overview of what the program is, how did it begin, and how did it evolve? So, so
0: I, I really don't want to take credit for that because I give a lot of credit for the sponsors. Um, I was asked one day, they, they said, hey, do you want to take over Student Congress? Um, <laughs> and I didn't really know what that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I read up on the Student Congress, it, for, for me, it, it didn't, as it was, did not fall in line with what I, I envisioned uh, for the work that we were doing in, in our department. And so... I had some general ideas, but I brought together the sponsors who did Student Congress, Mm -hmm. and we collectively kind of missioned and um, visioned and missioned the work. Uh, And so we were able to, I think, uh, at least for our first go-round, craft something um, that fell more in line with the division, the vision for the department, definitely the vision that Dr. Cashwell had around equity to create our equity ambassador group. And, and really what it was is to say I really wanted, for me, and I think the sponsors were able to, to, to really bring to life this idea, is that we talk a lot of stuff. We talk about students a lot but then we don't bring their voice to the table. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're talking at them mm-hmm. and to the to them, yeah. and they're not part of the change, but then we sit around and pat ourselves on the back about these amazing work we've right. done. Yeah. Um, and we really wanted them to be part of that conversation and in the change and, 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 you know, to have a voice. Um, and so that's what the first evolution of the Equity Ambassadors was. And so and I'd like, because you, you were at our meeting when we had that conversation. So what did you think when we did it, Dr. Clark? Very much what you were saying,
3: the um, student congress was more um, it it wasn't about equity <laughs> mm-hmm. and um now it did it I've been in the county for a long time, so the the Congress piece did um i've seen it accomplish things, for instance the um ten point scale mm-hmm. uh, things like that that I was there when the students brought that up, and we did that however um what Monica was bringing up and what we were we saw a need for it and um, all of us were ready to jump in Mm -hmm. full speed ahead Mm -hmm. because like you said that was the major deal we wanted the students to Mm -hmm. be able to say you know because we saw issues but their issues may have been different and they see things at at a different light than we
1: do Mm yeah yeah and there's representatives from each of the schools in the division? Is that how it works? Yes.
0: Yeah. Even our tech centers. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time. So Student Congress mm-hmm. before d- primarily just at high schools. And so... I have, personal to my heart is career in tech because mm-hmm. I was a rehab counselor. Many people don't know what that is, but what we did is we talked, we worked with children who had disabilities and transitioned them into, to, into careers. Mm-hmm. So we spent a lot of our education and counseling around understanding careers mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and being more solution oriented. So tech has always been something I've been very personal to me from an, from an education uh, piece. And so having the career in tech at the table with us and promoting them as equals. To our comprehensive schools, I think was very important and in and, um, and, and I, as you'll hear, I think that was something that Sophie may speak a little bit about about the career and tech centers actually being a part of that conversation.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. as you mentioned, we have two real live equity yes. ambassadors in this room. So uh, Veja, starting with you, what led you to become involved with the equity ambassadors program?
4: Okay. So when I first heard about the program, I really wasn't. I was like, I don't think I want to do this. But my sponsor was like, well, you know, just go to a meeting and see, you know, if you like it and what ideas you could bring to the table. So I went to the first meeting, and I was like, wow, like, this is different from Congress. I was like, well, we're trying to change schools. We're trying to help everyone in the school so everyone can feel involved, so everyone can know what's going on. So... I was like, okay, I think I like this. I can start doing it. So then we went to more meetings, and like we would have to bring ideas from our schools, and we'd hear about stuff that's going on at other schools, kind of similar, kind of different, and we all helped each other. Mm -hmm. That's what I like. So I could go talk to someone from Glen Island, and they'll give you an idea. We're like, oh, I like that idea. I can take it to my school, and we can enhance our school that way, Mm -hmm. or we can give them an idea. And they were like, oh, that's good, but what if you did it like this? Mm -hmm. So I kind of liked that it was helping everyone. Everyone helped each other. Everyone made sure everyone felt equal. You talked to people that you never met before because Miss Manns would put you at a table with someone you did not know. She was like, no, no friends. (laughs) No friends. So it was really good to get to know people that you never met and see ways you can enhance your school from other people.
1: Yeah, and uh, uh, Ms. Manns was talking about this earlier. Henrico is such a diverse county. Mm-hmm. So, what was it like to learn about the experiences of students in other schools at these meetings?
4: It was just like, wow. <laughs> we have some of the similar... We think East End kind of is mm-hmm. different, but some stuff is really the same. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, wow. Y'all have that problem, too? Like, it's just mm-hmm. a shocker, like, we thought y'all had it better than that, so it was <laughs> vice versa. So it was just good to know that all schools, not everything is the same, but a lot of
1: similarities. All right? Yeah, Sophia, what about you?
2: Um. So as Dr. Manns mentioned, I actually started with the A Center, mm-hmm. and so our whole, you know, program was about making sure that people remained respectful of other people's life, mm-hmm. careers, and choices. That was very important. Um, most of us weren't educated on different fields and levels that we could go throughout mm-hmm. our careers, and so that aspect was really good um, with bringing us all together. Since we all came from nine of the the, the different nine schools, rather. Um, On the other hand, going to Henrico High School, I actually started my freshman year at D-Front High School. Mm. And so it was important for me to bridge that gap between West End and East End and the stereotypes associated with both. Mm. Um, As Veja said, you know, you would sit down with kids from Tucker and D-Front and realize that they had the same cliques and the same, you know, different, you know, issues that we, we felt were motivated more by social status than you know just being teenagers so that was really important for me to dive in and and go from that aspect
1: right and from the intros it's clear you two are involved in so much stuff so (laughs) what motivated you to, to want to invest some of your time in this program specifically
2: Um, For me, student uh, leadership was very important. I wanted to grow as a person in order to help other people grow. Mm -hmm. And so with um, Equity Ambassadors, they did a lot of leadership training to put us in a position to not only have difficult discussions amongst ourselves, but then take those difficult discussions and bring them to our school in a respective and open manner. And so that was really important for me to get that training, to then bring my training to other people and Mm -hmm. help my entire school grow as a community. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, Robin, you're also a very busy person (laughs) in your role. What led you to get involved in this program as a faculty sponsor?
3: Well, um, of course, I was a student government leader, advisor, and then um, when Monica brought it to us, it just really all fell in place. I, um, My mom um, went to Virginia State, and, you know, looking at her yearbooks and things, and I'm always talking about their purpose. They seemed back then to have a purpose, mm-hmm. and um, that's why I teach, that's why I'm in education, to have the purpose, but this program brings the purpose, you know, to the forefront. So I was able to um, actually feel like I'm doing something that you can see you know, the progress over the years and um, with Equity Ambassadors, especially in education over these 13, 12 years, <laughs> mm-hmm. that um, you just see the diversity in the classroom and um, going to an HBCU you don't really realize well you realize the diversity in your own in that culture, mm-hmm. in the different cultures but there's so many more, um, you know, when you bring in the genders, the the ages and the social, you know, social When you bring all that in, it's a lot in one classroom, especially with almost thirty students. Mm. So, as a teacher, as an educator, I wanted to be prepared to be able to teach them, to help
0: them, help themselves. So, so what I do want to say is there's an evolution, right? Mm-hmm. So, so what we did. This was our first year, um, and I and I want to say it did far. I, I don't even think that I realized how amazing it was going to be. Like, you know, you you know how you have an idea and you're like, I think this might work. You know, but I'm going to roll with it because I'm not really quite sure, but I just feel in my gut. And, but it went, I, I can't even express in words. I think just the positive feedback i have gotten from mm-hmm. everyone like not yeah. one person has said anything negative about the work and, and and not to me isn't it always like oh but i mean but every person who talks about equity ambassadors in either either the students who are involved in it the school leaders who who are asked to support it the sponsors who who have who have been you know champions of that work like everyone is so excited about it um, so, so, so that was the first evolution. So this this year there are some changes that we're going to place because in, you, you you can't be stagnant, right? You mm-hmm. have to look back. So we took we took out an evaluation of where where it is, and one of the areas that we really wanted to strengthen was our sponsors sponsors program. So we're going to be providing um, leadership training to the sponsors too around equity work, and they're now going to be called equity champions in in their schools. And so many of the schools, and I don't want to say all, but many of the schools are moving to this concept of an equity equity. Champion. And not only will those individuals be working with equity ambassadors, but they'll be working and supporting the schools on whatever their equity goal is for the entire school. Mm. Um, and and, and th- that way, you're now having a person at that school who we can feed and send to trainings mm-hmm. and provide support and bolster. So now we have equity champions at the school. Mm-hmm. And part of what they're going to what they're being asked to do at that school is to support the equity ambassadors. And so hopefully over time, Time that that program that that, that uh, position um, is will become more robust, mm-hmm. uh, particularly at schools that we definitely identify as high need schools, right? Right, who who might need that, um, and so that way there's a connectivity of the, the work that the equity ambassadors are doing. To the larger goal and that person is at the leadership table Mm -hmm. so because one of the things that we were finding before because you got to find your (laughs) holes right is that a lot of times the equity sponsors they had never been asked to be at the table they were just kind of the person who facilitated whatever the activity might be Mm -hmm. now that person actually has a voice at the table so that way that the needs from the equity ambassadors as it comes up those student voice Student voice, even though they may not physically be at the table, their representative is that equity champion mm-hmm. right. who's at the table when we're now making school leadership det- decisions. Right. And so that, to me, again, is very important about student voice and ensuring that they're heard since we're since our job mm-hmm. and role is to support students.
1: Yeah, you're trying to make it an ongoing part of the culture mm-hmm. in Henrico. Well, we'll yeah. just have to follow up after a year yeah. and see how that works. Yes. They
0: are change, their evolution, yes. Yeah,
1: evolves. Absolutely. And uh, Dr. Mann's just uh, referred to this, but there's um, equity initiatives that you're launching in your school. Sophia, could you give us an example of what you've, what you've done at Henrico High?
2: Um, so Henrico, at Henrico, rather, um, we decided to do a school-wide basketball tournament.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: at Henrico, we are very diverse. We have the International Baccalaureate Program, as well as Center for the Arts. And um, we have non-program students. And unfortunately, we have segregated ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it was really important important for all of us at Hamariko to bring all of those programs together and say, you know, we're all going to graduate with the same high school and all our diplomas, and so we need to be a community. So we um, actually did the hand, the nation, the battle was our, our big title for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, we, we did like blackout lights, and we had different um, tournaments within the the um, event, and it was actually one way to bring everyone together and just say, you know, let's put aside all the academics and all of our different program courses and come together and have fun with each other.
1: Yeah. How did it feel in the school on the day of that?
2: event? It, it was honestly amazing. I think it turned out much better than we envisioned. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of fun. A lot of students came to us and, you know, are we doing this every year? <laughs> Can we do it again at the end right. of the year? And so it, um, it also let our um, administration know at our school, our principal and uh, assistant principals, that we were able to pull off such an event and mm-hmm. that it had a great turnout. And so they trusted the Equity Ambassadors more with some of the events that we were doing on campus um, from a student perspective
1: right and you mentioned that students would tend to sort of self-segregate at the school yes which I think is a phenomenon of several schools it was definitely that way in the school where I used to work did you and that's a big um, challenge to to sort of tackle did you notice any kind of difference in how students interacted after the event
2: um, I think we did. I think we, we noticed that um, students who hadn't seen each other before were waving, you know, at <laughs> least in the hallway, like, hey, I remember it sitting next to you. We had a really good time. And so um, I think it helped everyone bridge together and everyone started to know each other's names. And it definitely brought our senior class um, mm. better, you know, put us more together. And so that was nice.
1: Awesome. And Peja, how about you at Highland Springs?
4: Okay, so we uh, have been working on getting rid of standardized testing Mm. it's a (laughs) process um i think that standardized testing is not good for everyone because a test doesn't describe the way you learn Mm. so giving us tests is kind of like some some people are overwhelmed by tests Mm. and it's like wow like i don't think i can you know do this or when you take a test you get old some people really like Get overwhelmed, like mm-hmm. so, like me. I'm a bad test taker. Mm-hmm. I don't do good with tests. So it's like we've been trying to find different ways to show what you learned by not taking tests. So we talked about project based. Um, we sat down with Dr. Cashwell, and we talked about project based learning. So we wanted to do something like you know more hands on activities instead of just taking a test and then it's over. Mm-hmm. Go talk to people. we can have group activities, and it's just little stuff
1: like mm-hmm. yeah. with I think there's uh lots of people that would agree that standardized testing is a is a big issue and that we maybe do it too much uh since this is an equity initiative, how do you see testing as a as an equity issue? do you think
4: um some people not all, but some people that have like special needs and stuff they not really they it's harder for them to, like, understand.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily an accurate measure of how well Growth. a student is doing or how much right. they've actually learned during yeah. the year. Yeah. Um, well, for both of you guys, I'm wondering, on the other end of this last year and being in this program, how are you different after participating in the Equity Ambassadors program?
2: Um, i definitely say I'm more comfortable with having difficult discussions. Yes. Um, one thing that we touched on um, that came up in national news was actually Virginia's issue and conflict with blackface, mm-hmm. and yes. we actually were taught how to facilitate, you know, discussions that might not make everyone comfortable but need to be had yeah. in mm-hmm. order to grow and learn from experiences. And so, you know, I feel that 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 portion in, in teaching us and in nurturing us into being people who can be mature and facilitate. Um, conversations and, and events in that um you know aspect is really important and what I gained most from it,
1: yeah, Pat, what do you think?
4: I feel like this program has made me more of a leader. Mm. Um, it's taught me to stand out on what I believe in, mm. and if I believe in something, fight for it as much as I can, mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to speak what I feel right
1: as long as I'm respectful while doing it. Mm. Well, it sounds like it's been a a really great year for the program, and I'm eager to see it continue to grow. Um, Robin, I'm curious, from your perspective as an educator, you mentioned culturally responsive practice earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, How important is it to be culturally responsive in your practice as an educator, and what kinds of strategies have you used in your work? Reiterating back what Sophia said, that um, the blackface
3: conversation was um, very enlightening, so it, it kind of brought full circle what this whole program was about right. um, as both of them said they became stronger in their leaderships but it also prepared us as sponsors hmm. because now um, where that a topic would come up and y- you know kind of maybe I shouldn't say it's in the classroom or you know if the student brings it up you want them to be comfortable and everyone to be comfortable in order to have that conversation. And during that workshop, we were able to, um, what was it, the difficult conversations? Difficult di- yeah, difficult the di- difficult di- dialogue. We call yeah, it that the difficult, difficult dialogue. dialogue. Yeah. And, you know, so being able to use those practices and having difficult dialogue, because um, one of the reasons that I, I love education is that you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you, you have you take weeks and weeks on this lesson plan, and maybe you get there and maybe you don't. Yeah. And, um, and you never know what's going to come out of a student's mm-hmm. mouth yeah. or what they're yeah. going to bring yeah. up. And, um, you know, I, I, as an educator now, I'm not shunning from the conversation. I'm able to feel comfortable mm-hmm. to be able to have that dialogue. Um, I wanted to touch on, too, another program we had at Highland Springs was Donuts for Dad. Mm. And um, we have a lot of initiatives. Well, I- I'm not saying say a lot. We're trying to bring more dads and father figures into our school system, mm. and um for us as equity ambassadors, and I say school system, I mean school. Um, we wanted to have all dads. you know we have a large e l l population um, the you know economic status is low also so we wanted to bring everyone together mm-hmm. and um it actually was wonderful because of the equity ambassador program mm-hmm. because of the diversity of our students and all of them participated it's 15 mm-hmm. so all of them participated mm-hmm. and more you know and their friends so we had you know different um classes different genders different um races of dads mm-hmm. there and and it was basically just sit and have time with your dad, talk to him about school. You know, we had a a speaker that um, he spoke about the um, importance of a dad in education, one of our teachers. So it just, it just was
0: wonderful to be able to bring everything together. Dr. Clark, can you talk a little bit about the charge that was given about fighting students? Because I think that, because there there were some charges and I think that it's important that people were aware of that because when and, and I'll let you talk to that because you had to do it. it was one thing for me to give the charge, it's another thing for someone to, have to execute. Right. So I'm going to have so okay. she, she did an excellent job. Her right. execution was excellent. When, thank you.
3: <laughs> when you look at um, Highland Springs, you know, we are um, known for our sports, and um, most often, as far as the, you know, our athletes and things, they are of um, the African American race. So we were charged to actually bring a diverse group. So for me, it was it was difficult hmm. because, you know, even though I am a um C T E teacher and I do see um a a good group of the children, it's still not everyone. Hmm. And um, I I was able to actually you know, I wrote everything on a piece of paper. Um I wanted my athletes, I wanted my non athletes, I wanted my um battle of the brains, I wanted my in at Highland Springs we have um The ACA Center, we have the Center for Engineering. Um, So those were two groups. I wanted to make sure. um, I wanted to make sure you know every race that was in the school was represented. So I I actually went and found our demographics Hmm. to say, okay, boom, 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 we have all those. Okay, (laughs) check, check, (laughs) yes. And I did. I um, found myself. um, You know, I went to the engineering department. I said, okay, I need. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and Caucasian female—that's a ninth grader—and mm-hmm. you know, so I was very specific to make sure that um, you know everyone was represented. And like that, like, like the other man said, it is—it was remarkable. I didn't know that doing that would
0: create this group. Mm. So I felt so good, and I think that was important that we talk about the importance of intentionality yeah. around it. And that was what I charged them to do: look at your demographics. Don't think you know look at your demographics, and then look at the subgroups that exist within your spaces and say, and how to do it. You know, it's, when, you, when we sometimes talk about equity and diversity, we immediately think about um, the marginalized communities. But when you're at a Highland Springs, when most of the population is African American, and, and you're not being thoughtful about it, right? you're not being intentional, mm-hmm. then white students, um, oftentimes are left out of that conversation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they actually had up until last year, I think two years ago, had the highest dropout rate. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so mm-hmm. if we're not, if there's not intentionality in our conversation, then someone is left off the table, right. and with equi- with true equity and diversity. It is that everybody is needed to be at the table right. to move the work forward. Mm-hmm. No one can be left out, regardless if they are the marginalized or the non-marginalized. Mm-hmm. And so so it is important that everyone's at the table. And I just have to applaud Dr. Because I had some schools that I had to sit and I just, I didn't even say that they were, I just looked at them and said, well, that's, I said, well, that's an interesting demographic. <laughs> and, then they, and then the next time they came back with a little bit more appropriate demographic. But with Dr. Nice. Clark, she came in with an intentional group.
3: Yes, mean I'm very intentional. I'm speaking even on religion. I I went really in-depth to make sure that everyone
1: was included. Yeah, I I imagine it was worth the effort. Mm -hmm. For sure. Very much so. Yeah. Um, Monica, sort of looking at this from a broader perspective, given the diversity of the student body across Henrico County, what do you see as the, the challenges and opportunities of promoting equity in the division through initiatives like the Equity Ambassadors?
0: So one of the things that I, I think about the 100, so we, we, we originally, they one of the th- things the sponsors asked me to do was to move our student number from 10, they used to bring 10 students to move it to 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year, we're, we're going to have to go back to 10 only because of spacing, mm-hmm. but we will go to 15 the next year because I'll have space big enough for it right now because spacing. So even with 10 or 15, you're talking either 100 students get to participate or 150. Mm-hmm. I have so many more students who, who, who need this opportunity. And so, and, and, and not just for the for the information that we share and the leadership opportunities, but what, you know the growth of understanding that we are one Henrico. The opportunity to exchange ideas and meet people that you otherwise wouldn't meet and to hear about different and lived experiences. So I, wor- I worry, I want that for more kids. Mm. Uh, I want me, kids, more students. I still look at all this like they're mine. But, mm-hmm. So I want that for more <laughs> students. I got to use the right language, right? So um, I want that for more students. And, and trying to figure out how to do it. So one of the things that we had to do is that we're only having students go through it for two years so I could try to rotate more students. So you can have more equity ambassadors, but the students will only go through tr- go through get to come to the, um, our four quarterly meetings a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, t- excuse me, for two years. And But once they do it for two years, they get a medal mm-hmm. for actually completing it. Uh, but they can stay in the equity ambassadors at the school for the entire duration. So I can try to run more students through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that's one of the things when I when I think about a challenge, is how do we give more students this opportunity? We're also going to start a middle school summit. Mm-hmm. That's going to be twice a year and that'll look a little, it'll be similar to what they did, but very a little different because they don't have the equity ambassadors to go back to so it'll really be more of an education and informational session where they're learning and pro, and beginning to get them to critically think so by the time they move up to high school critical thinking, is, critical thinking around issues of equity and diversity, they're not the first time they're hearing about it. Right. So we're going to do equity middle school summits um, just trying to figure out ways I mean, Henrico County is a very big county I think a lot of times people think about Richmond City, and not that Richmond City does not have its fair share mm-hmm. of, of challenges, but but Henrico County has truly unique challenges that I think sometimes go unheralded, mm-hmm. uh, and one of the challenges is, is transportation and, and, mm-hmm. and the opportunity for students to get together, so you create, I have students who've never ever seen Short Pump, mm-hmm. um, uh, Short Pump Mall, like don't mm-hmm. even know, they know about it, mm-hmm. but have but, never physically seen it. Sure. And it's in their same county, yeah. you know, so is this so just trying to figure out how do we begin to uh, create opportunities for students to, 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 to engage and um, with one another. So I think I think a lot about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so that's one of our big challenges, particularly around when I think about student voice and around the, the work with the equity ambassadors.
1: Right. And we, we have a study related to this topic about cultural responsiveness, and one of the things that we're that keeps coming out is that diversity in a school division is also a real opportunity. Mm-hmm. So what do you see as sort of the opportunity of capitalizing on the diversity in your division?
0: You know, so I'm reading this book called The, um, the Difference, and it, the re- there's a number of research out there that shows having different heads at a table always gives you the better answer. Hmm. So what I, what I would like to see happen is for us to create those opportunities and for us to champion all the difference we have at the table. Hmm. Because I feel like there's a conversation that, that isn't the unspoken conversation. There's the spoken conversation about equity diversity, and then there's the unspoken one. Hmm. And the unspoken conversation about equity diversity, um, you know, is this idea that they're doing someone a favor. Like, we're helping someone else out. Like, you know, those poor people. And and, and and if you really think about it, our largest export in America is the ideas and concepts and music that comes from the marginalized communities <laughs> that we think that we're doing a favor to. Right. Our largest export in America, the, the export that makes the most money, <laughs> actually is derived from the marginalized communities that we feel that we're doing a favor to. Mm -hmm. So until we start having those type of real conversations Mm -hmm. uh, uh, on the uh, the, the onset, as the surface, the the above ground conversations, and and say these aren't favors that we're doing. I always tell people, who I want to be in the desert desert with is somebody who's had to struggle. Mm -hmm. I don't need anybody with privilege. Like my son, don't need to go to the desert with me. (laughs) I love my son. Love him to death. But his daddy's a corporate lawyer. He don't know no struggle. <laughs> I don't need to be in the desert with him. <laughs> I have kids who've been in the courts. That's why I need to be in the desert with. Because they just seen some struggle. They didn't work some stuff out. Right. They didn't figure some things right. out. I'm about to. I, I need them to be in the desert with me so we can get out. Because exactly. <laughs> the likelihood of me getting out with my son, it isn't yep. great. Right. <laughs> Again, loving the death. Uh, Recognizes privilege. Yeah. So, so I feel like why aren't we having that conversation? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we starting with art, with the strengths? And then when we begin to look at diversity from a uh, from a, a place of oh, mm-hmm. I need them, I'm not doing them a favor. I need them at the table mm-hmm. because them being at the table only makes me better and stronger and smarter. Then we begin to have a different type of conversation. And mm-hmm. so, you know. It, when you talk about what the opportunity is, I think about when people ask me why I took this job, I always tell people, I didn't have to take this job. Mm-hmm. I had numerous other opportunities, but the opportunities in Henrico are so unique. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make sure that I can at least do my part um, with this work because I just think that it has the it has not only the ability to change Henrico County. I truly believe if we can get this right, it has the ability to change change how we view um, how people view marginalized communities all over the world yeah. and all over the country yeah. because we have to change our conversation.
1: Yeah, so. I love that. We need each other. What a perfect yes. way to conceptualize this. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to know, what do you want people to know overall about what you're doing in Henrico to make the school experience more equitable for your students and educators?
2: Um, I would say I want people to know that Henrico is promoting cultural enrichment that we are um, making sure that we're a unit, that we're, there's strong unity amongst all nine of the schools and the middle schools and elementary schools that follow and that we're trying to put ourselves in the forefront as a whole community. But in addition to that, I think it's also important to remain patient and understand that change is gradual and Mm -hmm. that it doesn't happen overnight. And so, you know, this is something that will take a process. It'll take everyone, you know, being determined to come to the table and continue to come back to the table in order to have the same conversations over and over. Mm -hmm. But that it it is working itself out and it will get better.
1: How does it feel to graduate from the school division like that?
2: Um, It's very promising, especially with having younger siblings within the school, Mm -hmm. this vision, you know, still. I think I'm very excited for their futures and what equity ambassadors will bring to them in the you know coming years, and so that's very fulfilling as a as a graduate of Henririchrico county. yeah mm-hmm.
4: I want people to know that it's okay to feel uncomfortable
2: right <laughs> mm-hmm. no, that's my mantra.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really want people to know that these conversations <laughs> are needed to help our community to keep growing and to become stronger
3: um, the same with both of the students. I think that um just our our world today, you know, our teenagers are going through so many different issues and um I mean they it's such a wide range. So I would like to for other school divisions, the world to know that Henrico's on the forefront. We we recognize the different issues. Um one of the students said that, you know, it's in order for them, like they don't go to the same school, and they were like, "Hey, you know," <laughs> a, a lot of times. You know, and I, as an educator, as a parent, you know, I tell my son, "You all don't communicate. You communicate on the phone." So therefore, if you're sitting beside someone, you can't have a conversation. But you know, at, at the at the least, Equity Ambassadors are, is allowing them to converse. You know, you can talk to someone that you don't see every day, or someone that's not on the phone or computer. Or however. But, um, and, and not like you, you know, mm. they're from two different school systems, even though, you know, both the East End, but we're able to, you know, speak to a, a Glenn Allen student, a, mm-hmm. you know, Tucker student, and have that conversation and be able to converse about, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, I, I just want, you know, the, the world to know that we are trying to, um, you know, we're battling, we're, we're, we're taking over these issues that are that are going on with our teenagers. We're trying to be on the forefront and help. Mm -hmm. not just recognize an issue. Mm -hmm. We're trying to help them through these issues because they are the future.
1: I think what's most exciting about this program is that it capitalizes on the opportunity to have students from across the division talk to each other, Mm -hmm. which may not otherwise happen. Right. Right. Monica, last word.
0: I am excited about what we've accomplished, and I am ecstatic about what we have the potential to accomplish tomorrow, hmm. so so I always, my husband so I don't pat myself enough on the back on what we did. So I'm always thinking like, I can't I can't wait to see what this next group is going to bring. Like you know what I'm saying like right. I mean I'm excited mm-hmm. about that and and we've, we you know we've gotten the athletes and you know recognized we've been recognized by a number of counties have come in and t- talked to us about this program. But like I am more excited like next year to be at more of the events, and I I just can't wait. To see the ideas that they come up with and what they do, so so for me, I think the closing uh, for me is just is that we we can't we can't say we value children, our students, and not be willing to give them the wings to soar. Like mm-hmm. it 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 doesn't make any sense. And so I just look forward to seeing them soar, and 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 I just I, I feel like my job is just to. Is, is to give them the wind. Like, my job is just to be the wind. It's <laughs> <laughs> just to be the wind. Just keep pushing Just us. keep pushing <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm a, that's all, what I would say.
1: Yeah, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Well, we're going to need to leave that there for now, but if you would like to hear more about this important initiative in Henrico, we hope that you will join us for the 2019 Merck Conference on Friday, October 18th at the VCU Academic Learning Commons. Our theme for this year is advancing educational equity, supporting diverse learners in metropolitan Richmond schools through community engaged research. Members of this team will join representatives from each of the seven Merck school divisions for a panel discussion about the innovative ways that they are promoting equity for their students and educators. Those stories will also be featured in this podcast series, so stay tuned. You can learn more about the conference in this podcast series on our website at merck.soe.vcu.edu/slash conference. That's M-E-R-C.soe.vcu.edu/slash conference. Our thanks, as always, to the VCU School of Education for supporting the work we do at Merck, to Jesse Sinishaw for his direction, to Kyle Red for our theme music, to Tracy Knaff for our logo design, and to all of our partnering school divisions: Chesterfield, Goochland, Hanover, Henrico, Petersburg, Powhatan, and Richmond. Our thanks today to Monica Manns, Robin Clark, Veja Murray, and Sophia Simmons for sharing their story and for the important work that they're doing in Henrico County Public Schools. And, of course, thanks to all of you for joining our conversation today. We hope that we will continue to find dynamic ways to support all learners in Metropolitan Richmond. My name is David Naff, and this has been another episode of Abstract, the podcast of the Metropolitan Educational Research Consortium in the School of Education at Virginia Commonwealth University where we explore issues and ideas in public PK-12 education. Let's talk again soon.